Welcome to the Music Talk podcast with me, Graham Farmer. In this series of conversations, I interview some of the biggest artists, DJs, and producers in the world. I hope you enjoy this series. Let's get into it. Junior Sanchez, welcome to Music Talk with me on Twitch. How are you doing, sir? Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, we're good. We're good. Fantastic. All right. How are you? I'm great. It's early in New York, but you know, I like getting up early, so this is good, especially for you. Thank you for having me. That's okay. Are you generally an early riser then? Um, I try to be. I think it's, you know, it's it's good to be an early riser, be proactive. But, um, you know, it depends. If I have a gig the night before, it's, you know, um, I do sleep in. I do tend, I do tend <laughs> to sleep in when, I'm, when I get in at 7 in the morning. Yeah, you've got to balance that sleep. Yeah, I'm an early riser. I get up at like half four and uh, get cracking um, early. I, I like wow. that space in the that space in the morning and just quiet time, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, how how are you? How is the last? I, I I said this before. Like, I feel like we're in this point where like we're you know we're after New Year's Eve when you like when you're emailing people and it's like two three weeks afterwards and it's like. Do I still say Happy New Year? Do I? Are we past that point now? Like, so how has the last pandemic 24, 18 months been for you? How, how have you navigated it? How was, how's, how's life been? I mean, I'm sure we all want to move on from it, but it's still prevalent. It's still something we're dealing with. It's still a topic. Um, we still, we're still feeling the repercussions of, of, of COVID and the pandemic in all walks of life and in every country. So it's there and, you know, we yep. can't do anything about it. Um, it's, you know, the pandemic for me was, um, as it was for everybody, it was, you know, pr- pretty traumatic or, you know, a pr- something new to deal with that we never dealt with before. We never lived through some, some a situation like this, but it was also refreshing and it kind of reinvigorating and it was a restart in many ways. Mm. Um, I was super prolific and, and I worked a lot, but I was also in and out of, weird feelings of emotions and may you know may you even say some sort of depression because it was a it was a dark time but overall you know made it through and we're still here and we're kicking ass you know um yeah because you did you you saying you so you carried on working you carried on releasing did you from a label point of view did you carry on releasing records from that side did you did you stop because i know some people stopped and carried on and no, I, we just, you know, I think that was probably a, my save, a saving grace was just like acting as normal as possible, but being mm. home and secluded. So music went on, releases went on. Um, we actually formed culture, you know, uh, label to have with the Muir during the pandemic. So a lot of new things happened for me. I, I got new management, um, new agent. All that happened Sick. during the pandemic, which is <laughs> which is incredible. Um, which That's I didn't have to before. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it it was uh, you know, beyond the personal life transitions, you know, it was it was a pretty productive year of being secluded at home. Um because that's what it was. I mean, 2020 is a blur, man. And yeah, you know, it's so weird that we went through that. It's interesting to hear everyone's stories and everyone's process of how they managed to get through, you know, being isolated. Some people just didn't know how to deal with it. Some people dealt with it a little better than others. I had, you know, an interesting story with, you know, between uh, 
the pandemic happening, you know, the trials and tribulations of racial injustice, like George Floyd, for example. My mother, mm-hmm. who has Alzheimer's, came to stay with me, and I had to take care of her. And she had um, shingles, oh, yeah. and she didn't remember her shingles. And then turns out I never had chickenpox, even though I traveled the world and I thought I did, because I didn't remember. She couldn't tell me, and I wind up contracting chickenpox during the pandemic <gasps> from my mother that had shingles at my age. Which is not fun for an adult. Um, yeah, and then I then I had a tooth crown because I had a fever and chickenpox went, and then no dentists were open, and then my wife goes, "I'm pregnant." So I was like, "Whoa!" It was uh, pretty. And then you don't know, and I'm trying not to. Like that's fucking. No, mental. no, it, it, it is pretty funny. I mean, it's <laughs> like, it's 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 like it's, you look. It, it, it's mental. It's kind of fucking nuts. Sorry, um, you no, know, it's totally cool, man. I mean, it, it's it's pretty mental, and uh, and and then with that, you know, trying to maintain some sense of normality or some or some sanity, let's say, and making tracks and trying to be creative, and you know, it was it was it was. It, I would never forget 2020, even though I can't remember it because it's such yeah. a blur. You know what I mean? It was like it was so traumatic. That you want to forget it, but you can't. I don't know. It's it's an. I know it's an oxymoron. What I just said, but it's just really. It was an. In, it was beyond. Forget interesting. It was something I've never. I never want to experience that again. Ever. Holy moly! That's. I didn't mean to laugh. Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. It was just like, whoa! What the fuck? That's no, loads it's of stuff going I on. laughed. I, I, so, okay. So let's. Oh my god! I don't know where to go from that. That's mad. Um, um, you can go anywhere. You can go anywhere. I, I, that's a good segue. <laughs> we can go. We went, <laughs> <laughs> Glad you got through it. Fuck about. Um, oh, like you know when you think you had a, you had a, a busy year. Christ, that's mental. I love that. Yeah. Wow, so wow. So you started. Like, well, let's start. Let's. So you started with Demur in that time. Tell us about. Let's talk about that. Let's go for there for starters. How did that happen? Are you? Have you been? You know, Demur long. Like what's? How's that? Yeah. How's that partnership work? We. You know, we became friends through. Um, actually, I met him through Jesse Rose. I think. In ADE a few years ago. And I've, you know, I've been a fan of his music and his work ethic and his ethos. And then we, I invite him to play at a party I was doing in Amsterdam uh, at the W. And I don't know, we had a good time. Hey, yeah. And, and I usually do my robot and friends there uh, every, you know, every ADE. So we just started talking about music and our, our values and our core values, what, what we believe house music should be at and how it should resonate with, with people and, and the culture, like our views on the culture are very, very similar. Um, and then we were just like, man, why don't we start, you know, we started, it, you know, kind of dropping, you know, planting the seed about doing something together. And then during the pandemic, we really made it into a reality. And then our, our, um, our partner, uh, Till, um, you know, we all put it together and then we said, let's just create culture and, and, and do and create a label that's not just events and not just music, but giving back to the culture. So every time we do an event, we'll do a cultural ad, which, which before the event, we'll do a Q&A. We'll talk about, you know, the culture itself, um, history of house music, the origins, where it came from, wh- whether it be production, whether it be, you know, a lot of great information to give back so we can keep the narrative going and not let it change through the course of history. So as long as we're alive, we want to make sure that the story stays accurate, you know, and, you know, that's what we're doing. That That's cool. 
That's really yeah. cool. I like that. What was the first, like? Tell us about the first release. Like, how are you signing music? Like, what sort of what what stories are you telling from these from from your from your how you see the culture? That's so interesting. The first release was a double a side, one side him, one side me, and I did the actual yep. title track called "The Culture," which it breaks down to someone speaking about the culture and the OGs and what they represent and how they represent it and how new kids should or the younger generation should learn from the OGs, but at the same time, the OGs should learn from the younger generation. It's a give and take, but the yeah, information yeah. needs to be shared and it's there. So that's the first release we did called The Culture. And we, because we were in a pandemic, we didn't do any events. We just had a first event in House of Yes this past Saturday. It was sold out by Thursday and we killed it. It was amazing. Our next event will be in Miami for a winter music conference. Um, Sick. And we're, and we're going to hold a, a, a culture lab at this... I can't say the space right now, but it's a yeah, it's a sound bar where literally it's a very tiny bar for a very limited amount of people. And it's all it's like mixologist. I'm going to be the mixologist, but mixologist is vinyl. And then there's Sick. drinks and cocktails in this bar. And we're going to hold a few, you know, special guests and we're going to talk about the culture. And then later on that night, we'll have our party in, uh, in a bigger venue. Sick! I want to come. I'm going to come to. I'm coming. I think I'm going to come to Miami. So you're I'm, there. I'm you're come. one of the guests. You're one I'm of coming. forty that are only coming into this specific bar that is built just. It is literally a Japanese soundbar, but in Miami. Wow, that's cool. I'm. I'm definitely going to come to that. That sounds so sick. I'm, yeah, I was. I've been kind of toying with Miami because I haven't literally haven't been anywhere for like two years, and it's like I quite. I I like Miami. It's good fun. How often are you releasing? Just while I scroll back. <laughs> there, was, there was a point that I guess I was, I think I'm like releasing a record a month until way into 2022. So I'm, I'm pretty, it gets to the point that I, I need to slow down because I'm just making records and they're just being picked up and signed. And, um, and it's weird because, you know, by the time they come out, I feel that they're old, but the world feels like they're new. And I'm, yeah, yeah. I, there's there's some sort of disattachment for me, but then I get reattached when people finally hear it and they give me their feedback. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay, Skeleton Keys has asked you a question, Junior Sanchez. Whilst we uh, whilst I sort the internet out, how did you get into the business? That's a big question. There you go. That's a good filler. Uh, that's a Thanks. loaded question. Um, how did I get into the business? I mean, with a lot of passion and desire for the love of the culture and the music. Um, I had my first record. I was a sophomore in high school, so I was pretty young. Um, I started DJing. I started DJing at 11, but I started playing out. I was 14 years old, believe it or not. So um, it, it was just something that I was passionate about. And next thing you know, it started snowballing. Um, I had a friend who had a studio um actually it wasn't let me let me let me rectify it I, well, he wasn't a friend he saw me playing at a club and he was an older guy and he's like hey can you make records like how you're playing like or what you're playing i'm like and i lied i said yes and i went to the studio and i started making music and and it just that's it i never stopped i fell in love with the art of production and creating and um yeah and by the time I was a sophomore in high school, I had my first record out on Strictly Rhythm. I had two local New Jersey label, uh, a Jersey label. And then, well, I always say my first real record was on Strictly because that was actually my third, but really my first. 
Is that is that label? Is that local label? Is it like they're from? Strictly they... from New York. Yeah. Yeah, New yeah, York I thought so. Yeah, 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 I thought so. Yeah, Gladys Pizarro was the A and R um, at the time, and she was she's like our mother. She just you know obviously signed <laughs> and discovered. She discovered everyone from Armand and Kenny and Louis. Like you know, she she was like everyone's godmother of house, and she signed all these records. I mean, everyone from. I mean, from real to real, from Morello's records, real to real, everything. So she's uh, no she way. Was, she, she was a, vision, a visionary of sound. You know, she was the person that literally brought us in and would say, "I like this. Change that. Do this. I'll sign it." Boom. That's go. sick. She, yeah, she was amazing. But she still is. She, she's still. Do you take any of that kind of knowledge and into what you're doing now? Do you do, you do similar process when you're signing records? Yeah, I mean, my, I'm a little bit easier. I mean, we well, for culture and for Brobot, we do have, I, I do bounce off some peers. Like, you know, my partner in Brobot, his name is Blackwell. He's also, a, he's a creative director, but he's also a musician and he DJs and produces. So he listens to music. The label manager, Alejandro, listens to music. I listen to him. So we all, it's it's kind of like a team. And I mean, I've, I've made decisions where all this comes out regardless, but usually it's like, if every if we all dig it, Let's put it out. And and I had I've always had this ethos, even when I had Cube during my vinyl days. If I like it, I'll release it. I don't care what anybody says. And that's <laughs> and I, I, like st that. I still have that. But for culture, it's Demure and I, you know, um Demure and I and uh and also uh Jamel. We 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 listen if we all see eye to eye and we dig it and it feels right for the if it's if it's a record that that stays true to our 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 language of the culture and it's mm. it's not gimmicky it's really truly fundamentally rooted in house or or even in techno because techno is soulful remember it's from detroit mm. it's black it's not just bleeps and blops there's a lot of soul in techno you know um we'll, we'll put I it out that. yeah mm -hmm. i love that and i feel like a lot of people have forgot about that about techno a lot a lot recently it's been a lot of not not that with techno so far. A lot of it so far. Yeah. Okay. So the first record came out, uh, De Culture, and that was obviously about, as you said, um, you've released some other records from a whole host of people. Like I was literally just scrolling back, and there's you've got some great names on there. Like obviously, Blackwell's part of the team. Uh, you've released one with where you work with Shermanology. That they obviously they've had a great year. Tell us about some of the releases, I guess. Um, we have one, Chris Simmons, which is obviously, you know, Chris Simmons from the UK. Um, yeah. Legendary, uh, uh, UK house artist. Um, uh, some younger cats, uh, Casey Wright from, he's from, he's German, but he lives in Chicago. I mean, Demure, obviously. I mean, we got a slew of amazing releases and upcoming, we ain't stopping. It's going to be, uh, you know, we won't spill too much of the beans, but we got some, some icons. And we have yep. some amazing new artists that are just uh, emerging and breaking through right now. That's really cool. Where are you? Where are you? Like, where? Always my thing with labels is where. How do you? How are you finding that music? Like, when someone sends you a demo email, what do you kind of like to see in that email? What do you see? Like, like I know different labels expect different things. It's always interesting to see what labels like and what they don't like. Um, yeah, where, where where are you on that? We source it ourselves. We put feelers out. We ask people that we love and admire if they got anything, and we tell them the story of the label and why why we chose them or why we're releasing music. And it's not about just because we just want to be another label and just release records. 
because um, having a label today is very easy. It's a digital yeah. platform. You just release a record. Um, we really want to curate and keep our nar- narrative right, and we want to release records with people that we really respect and admire, whether they're whether they're established or not established. We just want to cool. release great music. So um, we just source st- so stuff ourselves, and we listen to it, and we all take a vote, and, and then we put it out. That's cool. So, if, so if, like the younger artists in the audience, they can literally just send, send stuff in and it's listen to as much as yeah. the, that's good to know. That's really cool. Oh, what's the best way to send music to you? Is for the first question. <laughs> um, you can always send music to the culture Instagram via DM. Perfect. Um, you can also send it to the Brobot via DM as well. I mean, that's probably the easiest and quickest because a lot of us. Um, navigate those platforms and we will get it. Um, mm-hmm. But there is uh, demos at robotrecords.com and there is, you know, demos at culturerecords.com, but that's a lot of information to, to think about. I just say DM links, flood it, we'll find it, we'll get it, and we'll listen to it. You know, why not? Sick. You never know. It be, could be another how, one more time in there. How do you feel about samples and demos like crate digging style? I think sampling is a it's as creative as as you can be like as as you want it to be. I think there's an art in sampling. Obviously, we we know that. I mean, people like Todd, Terry, and Kenny and Daft Punk, but we all sample. But it's yeah. how you sample and how you use that sample and how creatively you you do it. I mean, I had a song on Circus called Strong Enough, which is sample based, but you know. A lot of people couldn't tell where I came from. Some people, some people could, but majority can't. And that's what's great when I can hear something and I'm like, I know this, but I don't know where it's from. <laughs> um, really gets me, you know, it gets my mind going. But I think uh, it's about creative sampling. If you're just looping something and not doing anything with it and putting a beat behind it, chances are, you know, it's unless it's a sample we've never heard before and you didn't do anything to it and it's still genius. It's it's not you know it's not a way I love to hear sample records being created. Yeah, so it's all in the I guess yeah, I think it's all in the presentation. That's a good way to put it as well. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know I mean yeah, absolutely. It's how you it's how you recreate a sample. Like you know, like for example, now there's so much information out. People are showing you how Daft created one more time and how they took three parts of a sample and re. Comp- recomposed it into different grooves to create what we now have is that and that's what creative sampling is it's it's taking something and completely flipping or taking something so obscure like cola bottle baby and them creating you know what they did with that i mean it's you know that's it's using your imagination you know it's and that's what sampling is it's a tool but you have to know how to use that tool in order to build what you're going to build well mm. I saw that video. In fact, we I watched that video with a friend of mine called Hobbs, and then we released a record last year by doing that actual process. Like first time I released a record in a long in ever, uh, and we w- watched that video on after the Daft Punk sampling one, and, and then we were like, right, let's make some records just after watching that and sort of similar process. So yeah, I, I hear that completely. Like we, I, yeah, we did all right as well. So it's good. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, that's what it is. It's it's finding grooves within grooves, sounds within a sound. Remember, there's a there's uh there's space within a second, right? Like in time. Mm. So what's in there? 
Like, how do you how do you work that little space? And that's the same thing with music. There's space within uh, a, a time between the snare and the kick. There could be something in that space that you can find that's genius. It could be just a stab or a sound or something that can change your life. Where do you when you start a record? Where do you start? What is the what's your kind of process of from A to B? There's, I mean, when I'm doing work for myself creatively, there is no method to my madness. It's usually how what I'm doing. If I'm sampling, it's going to be start with the specific sample or the specific yep. thing that I'm doing and I'm cutting up. Or if I'm working and I'm starting with just drums, I'll just make drums and let that inspire me and take me to a place. But um, it's it yeah it usually starts with either a sample or a baseline or a groove. It's a groove that kind of dictates where I go, whether it's going to stay a track or it's going to become a vocal. I don't know. Cool. It's just about and there's sometimes I'll make tracks and I know there's too good and I could I want to get the scent the ur I I get the urge to finish them quickly, mm -hmm. but I'm like wait let me wait because maybe this record could be better as a vocal. That's what happened with Be with You. Um, be with you when I first did it in 1999 it was a sample track the vocal was a sample and I remember loving it and then like, I think it was Roger and somebody else goes dude man this could be a really good vocal let's try to make it into a vocal I'm like ah, I was a hesitant and I thought okay fine and I passed out some demos via cassette at that time and Daje came <laughs> back and, and Daje came back and she had put a vocal on it and then I remember playing a cassette in my basement for some friends. I'm like, hey, check this out. You like this? This is what it was like before. This is what it's like with Daje on it. And we're just looking at each other goes, this is good. And then I had to be with you. And if I would have just rushed, if I would have just been that stubborn kid and rushed it, I never would have had, you know, be with you would have never manifested. So sometimes you got to, you know, take some time. Yeah. That's mad. Also, I like trying to work out how you'd the, the whole process of a tape and putting another vocal. That must have taken forever, man. Jesus. Oh, man, dude. I mean, I remember. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I came in with a little bit of technology was coming in still. But before, you know, my peers before me were on tape. Armand and I used to do remixes. So we would have DAT, digital audio tapes or that that machines or that tapes yeah yeah and we would fly vocals into a sampler so the whole song would be in a sample so the first verse would be one key like for example let me see if i can do this real quick so here it's just like yeah, yeah. i just wanna be with you and only you sometimes and then do the whole song a span of a whole key key no. so it was like part 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 it was mental because we didn't really have you know, the, the bandwidth to, you know, even import audio files into a computer. We were doing a lot of stuff into workstations or dolls. My first workstation on my doll was a Roland W30. I had two banks of sample time, only 7.4 seconds each bank. So I had like maybe 16 seconds of sample time, period. And that's <laughs> how much time I had to make a record, 16 seconds. And I had to make tracks with that. All my first tracks, I only had 16 seconds of sample time to compose music. What? <laughs> That's mental. Shit. Yeah. Wow. So, and that 16 seconds I had to have, I guess, all the all everything. Wow. Everything. Kick, snare, sample, vocal, whatever, anything. And you, I would sample on 45 just to speed it up, to save 
save milliseconds or seconds and then play it in a lower octave in a keyboard so I can have that sample. So it would save me some time. And back then it was it was something called truncating where we would have to literally truncate the sample perfectly to just save half of a half of a second and be like, oh, I gotta have a second back. So ooh, that was exciting times. Like, Holy you know, it's shit! Interesting. <laughs> that's a, yeah, man. like I'm literally like fuck. I didn't know it was that. Like fuck, that's really cool. It was a process. I mean, and 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 that was easier for me because I, you know, I remember I'm like nine to ten years younger than my peers, like than Todd and Armand and all of them. And I got in early, but you to make music back then. I mean, it's different today because you can have everything in a laptop, but you had to invest in your craft. You had to buy samplers, buy a reverb, physical hardware, uh, a, like it, you had to invest in your craft or you had to rent a studio, which was all costly. So if you wanted to make music, there was no bootleg samplers to, to get, you had to buy physical inanimate objects and put them in a rack <laughs> and then use them and touch them. So, um, it, yeah, it's, you, it, you really had to make records. You really had to want to do it and have a passion for it, you know, because it, it did take a lot of time and it costs a lot of money. Yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to circle that in. Like, I'm just like, fuck, you had 16 seconds to make a record. Jesus. I know it bugs me out too, actually, when I think about it. I'm like, damn, I could, I don't know if I, that there should be like a little game show with that or something. some, something like, can you make a record in 10 seconds with just 10 seconds of time? That, that, sh seconds. that should be. It. I'm turning that into a show. Like we should do that on Twitch. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. We, I'm we your partner. Do. We're here. <laughs> this is it. Let's this, do it. This is our agreement now. <laughs> we'll, Let's we'll, do it. We'll just invite people in and get them to do try and make a try and make a track in 16 seconds. I'll be I'll be your co-host. I'm totally down for this. This is welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll just sign the records <clears throat> afterwards. Wicked. Let's do it. Um, what's okay. So how do you feel about the modern, modern software since is your question in the, in the chat? I love it. I think we're, we're at a point now in the beginning, I was really skeptical. I, you know, I had and owned a lot of synths. I know there's a lot of synthesis people. I mean, synthesizers are gold today and I had, you know, the majority of them, whether it be a Jupiter 8, Juno 106, MS10, MS20, SH101 Red. I mean, I can go on and on. And, um, Back then, the math wasn't right. And SoftSense just didn't do it. They just weren't. Now, the math is right. I mean, we it's it's ones and zeros, man. And they yeah. figured it out. And the Rolling Cloud, for example, or Arturia, are making amazing SoftSense. I think having a synthesizer now or any piece of hardware, it's not about needing it. It's about wanting it. You want it. You don't need it. You don't need anything today. Hmm. Today, we're at a point that what's going on inside the box and with plugins, whether it be the UA mimicking an 1176 or, or a Neve mic pre, a 33102 or, or 1078. Um, it is, it is what it is. It, it's amazing. They figured out the math. It's one is, I mean, we're in the future and there's nothing. We got self-driving cars. Why can't we get a synth sound like this? <laughs> so, um, I mean, it's, it, it's for people to say like, oh, these soft synths don't sound anything like the real thing. Um, remember, analog is analog. It changes. Your Juno 106 will sound one way right now, and it'll sound another way in 10 years because of wear and tear and and components being, you know, weathered 
and it just changes. It's just like a mic. Not everyone thinks you get a U87 and they all sound the same. No, every capsule is different because they they change over time. The, the usage, the heat. So they all sound different. That's what analog is. It's a characteristic. Not the, it, it's, you know, so. <clears throat> and what's great about soft sense is they capture the best moment of a synth and it's, it is consistent because it's ones and zeros or numbers, but they sound great. That's cool. Um, someone's saying the Roland Cloud stuff is pretty mind-blowing. Uh, yeah. They're, they're CPU hogs, but they're great. <laughs> and also said there's there's less repairs, less less repairs with soft... I guess that's your exactly laptop what dies. I was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's great, man. I mean, listen, today to have a you know the a plethora of sounds of synths <clears throat> that would take you know would fill up a room and would would overheat your room because if you had a if you had a, a CS80 that thing weighs about 400 pounds and it'll cost 35 to 40,000 dollars anyway so let's let's and let's keep it real if i played something for you no one no one i don't care even if you're Hans Zimmer or the dude from Vangelis is going to be like, ah, that's today. Uh, that's not a real CS80. That's not a, like, I don't, we, we, there is no argument. No, no one's going to sit there and, and, and tell me sonically, they can tell the difference today. What's analog and what's digital. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Come, you see I mean, that, you see that, in, you see that in like so many times in forums and chats and discords and like, oh, it's not this or it's not that. I'm like, really? Can you really, really tell? Can you, can you actually? No, no, you can't. If you, yeah. So Are let, you listening through your AirPods on, let, on your let's iPhone? Be on, <laughs> let's be honest. You can't tell. <laughs> um, so you've started working with some music with, um, with a load of people over the last time. I've, I've got a list. Low Stepper, Matt Joe, Carlo Leo. Let's talk about those. How do you, how does that process work for you? Um, like, how does it work? So you started this work with, with Low Stepper. How does that work? Do you work on it each? Do you do Zoom? Like, what's, how does it go for you? Um, Dropbox has been a, our, you know, one of our best friends. We share files and, you know, share set. We actually, what I started doing with Dropbox is sharing sessions and working out of Dropbox in the same session. So with Matt Joe, for example, or, or um, with dance systems that I've been doing stuff with, we we're like opening up the same session and I'll add to it update it, save it. They see that I did something to it. They open it up and they're like, oh, cool. And we're just working out of Dropbox, which is amazing because we don't have to keep sending files over. So that's, that's, been a, a, that's been a blessing. Dropbox is actually that good that if you have a great, <clears throat> a good, strong internet, you can actually just keep the session in there in your shared folder and work back and forth. That's really cool. I, I, I finally seen they finally updated the music player as well, so you can actually listen to tracks one after the other now. It's which I've been moaning, which, I, uh, which has been which is amazing. Finally, finally, I tell you what we can play the track you sent me beforehand, the Salt remix. We've got it because we downloaded it, so we can actually probably play that. Let's see if we can play. That's going to play from iTunes. So that's not going to stream. Let's just see if I can play this.
Um, so the tell me about that track. So that was that's salt, which I have never heard yeah. of. But you, you salt don't... is a it's it's a British band that are an amalgamation of great musicians and artists. I think from around the world, but mostly from the UK that are just have been doing amazing albums, and they're they're like you know I would they're like a new form of like a soda soul almost. It meets a dash of Portishead and a dash of like you know massive attack they're just like good i mean they're just incredible and i <laughs> fell in love i fell in love with the band and i heard the record and i was just like and but nobody knows kind of who they are or where they're from or or who does what when i don't know they're kind of like a mystery and i like that somebody brought it to my attention and i was driving in a car and i was just like oh my god i haven't heard an album like this in ages and i just freaked out I probably turned around while I was driving where I was going and went straight home and went to the studio. Because <laughs> that's usually what happens to me. That's mad. <laughs> um, I need to hear this album. Like, I like that. I like some of that music, some of it. I just, I never heard of it. It's just really cool. This could be tomorrow's running. Tomorrow, I, have, I, I listen to albums now when I'm running. And that's like, as people send me all these albums to listen to. And they're like, have you listened to it yet? I'm like, no, it's been during the, like, but as soon as I get to run, I'm like, album goes on. And I guess for you, it's in the car. Oh, you, you're gonna love it because it's super soulful, but it's super. It's just it's gonna it's semi no. It is nostalgic, but it's like but it's current, but it's still like man. It's just there's everything you like. You know when you have a good bite of food and it just hits every part of your palate. You're like, <laughs> that's exactly what salt is. Yeah, that's cool. Um, you've also been working on some other uh, another for an, uh, another album uh, for Cookie. Kawaii. So anyway, yeah, she's a young artist um, from New Jersey, actually, and she had a viral hit during the pandemic called Back It Up. I mean, viral, like yep. TikTok, dumb viral. And my daughters knew about it. Anyway, I had no idea that she lived a couple of towns away from me. <laughs> and my friends, my friends of mine manage her and they're like, hey, man, there's this girl that you should really work with. And turns out I executive produced her album and co-produced some songs and and it's very New Jersey club, Baltimore style music. It's house, and but it's very, it's a lot faster. And it's great. She has a great following and she's got a bright future ahead of her. And it was, it was good for me to do that during the pandemic because it was, it was a challenge for me too. It was to break. I love getting away from what I do and, and working with an artist, especially a young artist to, that, um, it just keeps me, it keeps me on my toes and keeps me fresh and it, and it allows me to inject a little of, my knowledge into something that's young um a couple of questions firstly how, when you started working with this artist that your daughters knew how was how did your daughters take that did they go mental like how was that no i mean my, <laughs> my daughter's 16 so she already kind of grew up with a lot of you know things around her and artists so she was just like yeah i know cookie it's a you know it's that she's like oh that's cool i'm like she like my daughter's like she's she's not jaded she's just she knows a lot. Like she brought, like she brought to my attention Billie Eilish when it, when they were like when her Instagram handle was We Are the Avocados. So my daughter Chloe was like, "Hey, you really didn't listen because I used to be like that with her. Like, listen to this or listen to that." And then she comes to me, he's like, "Dad, you have to listen to this." And I'm like, "What is it?" And she's like, "And I went on Instagram as We Are the Avocados." I'm like, "I thought that the, that was the name of Billie Eilish's band at first. I'm like, We Are the Avocados. This is a genius name. That's great." It's like, "No, her name is Billie Eilish." And I was like, all right, and or Eilish, sorry. And then that's how we are. We're just, we bounce back and forth. And I, I told her, I said, when I was a kid, I would read credits 
So if I like the band, let's mm. say I like Trevor Horn and I knew he produced, you know, ABC. And I'm like, wow, I love his sound. So I would go to other records that he produced to see if it was a similar, if I liked whether it was just a band or I liked what he did. So I taught her to go to the credits in Spotify and read who produced it, who wrote it, who are the musicians, so that she can do a deep dive in, in, in Spotify and search things that are similar to the things that she likes and see if she resonates with it. So we have that relationship, which is great. That's um, cool. I didn't think we would, but but it just turned out that way. They were kind of like each other's muses. <laughs> That's cool. That's really cool. I like. I like. I. I also like the going. I love the kind of going into and finding out. You know, always it's like, what label is this on? What who did this? And yeah, you say going into the credits and seeing who did certain parts. And yes, I love doing that, and I find it so much fun. And I, I don't understand when artists are like, I can't find a label for something, and they're like, well, go and look. Like, dude, go and look. And then uh, yeah, it's the most fun part for me. You know. Yeah, just like, just search, man. Take some time and dig, you know? If you take time, like production is production, but if you take time for the creative process, like take a day, don't make music, take a day and just search for samples or stuff that you would possibly like to make a record. But don't do anything else. Don't find something go, oh my God, now I got to make a song. Just keep, keep diving, keep, and then build an arsenal of creative, build a folder of things that you would want to work on. But take mm. that day and do the research because you're you're building a good future afterwards, possibly. You so you work on the album. How how does that work? Like I'm always interested in albums. How you start albums? How you kind of like what is the start process? Especially when you're working, I guess, with somebody else. Where does that start for you? What's the conversation that happens at the start? Where does the the next? How's that process work along the way? Do you know? Um, hers was interesting because she already had a lot of stuff produced. And it was like, I mean, she had, she came to me with like 30, maybe 40 tracks of ideas. And some had stems, some didn't. Some were produced by people who know who knew what they're doing. Some was, you know, produced by, like, you know, today being a producer, everyone says a producer, but necessarily the majority of beat makers, you know, producing records is a different, I would say it's a different category than just making a, a kick snare hat in a sub bass with hmm. a with a triplet hat going like it's just so when when i hear these records i'm like okay i have to dissect them and then make sense of them because a lot of the times you get i got sessions with like 90 stems and it's like one track it was like ooh, other ones ah like there's no they had they had no sense of how to compose a composition or arrange one for example so it's just a lot of was just maintenance and then going, okay, let's keep this. Let's not keep that. I can add to this. I think this was perfect. It just needs, that's what my executive producer role was. And then as that progressed, I winded up injecting myself into some of the songs and make enhancing it. I want to say making it better because I think it was great. A job of, the, of a producer when you're producing somebody's record is not to change the aesthetic of what it is. It's just to enhance it and make it make it that much more amplified and better. Like if I was producing a band, I'm not going to change the band. I'm just trying to make them a better version of themselves. Mm. You know? Are you enjoying this interview? If you are, consider subscribing to us on YouTube. And if you want to watch them live, come and join us on Twitch. The link's below, twitch.tv forward slash Graham Farmer. We have live interviews, A&R sessions, demo listening sessions. We get labels into uh, signing records. Come and join us on Twitch. It's good fun. Let's jump back into the interview though. Let's go. I love that. That's cool. Uh, um, and then you've also started working on an album 
which the, apparently it blurs the line between house and R&B. Catronada meets Disclosure in a good way is how they could describe it. What's uh, this? Yeah, I mean, whoever, I don't know how they said in a good way, but in a good way, Catronada is good and so is Disclosure. Yeah. So there, is no, there, there is no better way. <laughs> but <laughs> so, whoever, said, whoever said that, thank you. Yeah, I actually, <laughs> I, I did an album during the pandemic. I, I, the only place I left while wow, there was kind of restrictions, I went to Atlanta and worked with a friend of mine, Dallas Austin, who executive produced my record. And, um, and he, he has a long lineage of R&B. He, he did TLC Creep. You know, his first album was Boys to Men. Uh, that whole album he did when he was a teenager. I mean, he is, he's an amazing R&B writer and producer. And not just that, he did Pink Just Like a Pill, uh, Gwen Stefani Cool. He's, he's a prolific and amazing individual. And um, yeah, we wrote a lot of songs and did an amazing album, and it's sitting here waiting for the world to hear. And it's, and it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's an amazing. I I love it, uh, you know. And and I think that's that's one thing about making a record is once you finish it, excuse me, once you finish it and it's done, it's already a success to me, regardless of how it does, hmm. you know, algorithmically, it's fine, <laughs> you know. Are you um? Are you are you release it yourself or will you shop it to people? Um, <clears throat> we're on the fence. I think uh, my manage my management have plans, and I, f- for the first time in a long time, I'm listening to managerial plans. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, <laughs> 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 I'm doing as a result. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, so you know, I, I learned to like step back and like let others kind of lead because I, you know, I dictated so much and led so much of my career, my life that. It's it feels good to have other people say, "Hey, I think we should do this. Let's try this." I, I'm cool, you know. I'm not I'm not a control freak. I'm not Kanye, so I'm good. Let's uh, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let, let's let's try different di- different tactics tactics. I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, I like that. I thought that a lot of the same as well recently. I've been like some. Of, I've done a lot of the same things all the time, and I'm like, let's just try something different. Like we come out of a pandemic, and let's just let's let's what how how can I make it, try something different? I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I read that you're progressive and kind of trying new stuff. What new? What are you? What are you into musically? Or what have you like? Have you got into the NFT thing? Have you got into metaverses and anything like that? Like what? I mean, what are you? What's what's new? And tell me. All right, let's let's just slow down in the metaverse. That just came. That just happened. It's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen, yeah. We're, we're 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 moving way too fast, way too quickly, which is fine. Listen, technology, it's inevitable. We know where we're going, and like, look, look, look at what we're doing. This is this wouldn't have been possible fifteen years ago. Like, yeah, I mean, maybe, but not in this quality or capacity or whatever. But um, um, yeah, I am. I'm very, you know, I've been on, you know, crypto very not very early on, but pretty early on. I would say 20, 2015, and I I understand it. it. Took me a while to grab my head around it. I do understand NFTs. I see the worth. I understand. How powerful Discord is, Discord is, I get it. Um, there is, you know, there's, there's a movement. There's, there's, there's things happening that are inevitable that we can't control. That we have to either we get with it, utilize it, or we're gonna literally be left in the dust. I look at this. There's no dif- There's no difference in what's happening right now. It's just more exponential. There's a lot more things happening than how an MP3 technology came and Napster came, and then 
everybody said that's not going to work and the record companies went against Napster and the MP3 like mm. it was a demon and then they realized oh no we have to utilize this and now we have to incorporate it into our business model <laughs> we can't be afraid of of what's of technology because it's it's going to happen regardless of what we think and feel i love mm. records and i when CDs came, I was like, that's never going to work. Records will never disappear. And it did. And CDs came and all of that was a format. And then the then the MP3 came. And then, or the, the laptop came with a Serato, for example, or a Tractor. And yep. then a USB came. And now people think the MP3 is not going to die. You still download. No, we're going to be playing from a cloud. So all these stores that are selling MP3s that literally think that streaming will not take over the world, you're wrong. And I have one word for you, Kodak. Yeah. And that's what it is. And and we can't, you know, we just got to, we have to progress and, and to, you know, take what's happening and utilize it and adapt to it so that we can, you know, essentially progress in our careers, whether it be music, art, film, television. I mean, look, look at TV. Netflix started with mailing DVDs to people. Now we're streaming on TV. So if they stayed in that model and thinking that DVDs would never end, that we wouldn't, they wouldn't exist right now. It's just, you know, you have to, you have to be, have, you can't, you know, you can't be the horse with the visors. You have to have the vision enough to see what's going to happen, what's going to happen next, you mm. know, or try or believe in it. I usually say this, if you're scared of it and you think it's wrong, it's usually right. Yes. Yeah, and some things are kind of like right at the start, and you're like, "I'm it's, no, it's all completely wrong," and then you end up you'll be you end up being late to it, which is interesting, always interesting as well. If you're scared of it, and you usually and you think it's not going to happen, it's usually right. I remember being in Germany and watching on Viva Viva, which is their like German MTV Viva, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing the Backstreet Boys. I'm like, "Oh, this will never work in America." Thank God, this is not in America. <laughs> so, I was wrong. <laughs> Right, sure. I'm going to see if I'm going to play another record. Should we try and do this? Let's see if we can play yeah. another record. Let's do it, right. I love doing dope shit for the culture if you didn't know. That was your first record on the new label. And I'll share a little tidbit. That sample, that vocal sample, I'll tell you know, if you guys watch Drink Champs with Noriega, they just had Kanye on the interview show. I don't know mm. if you ever watched it. It's great. It's a great show. It's basically they get all these different artists or people in the industry, especially hip hop, come in, they drink, and then as they progressively get drunker, they talk, you know, and they ask questions and it gets really interesting. So it's called Drink Champs. Really big show. Kanye was just on it, two-part episode. That vocal sample is actually from that, from that show. 
So no way. Sometimes, sometimes you know, I'm watching things. I'm like, oh man, they just said something brilliant, and it resonates with me. And you're like, you know, why not use it? Because it just, it's a, it's a message. It says something, you know. Yeah, that's cool. I love that. That's cool. Uh, also, the kicks in there are fucking great. Like, they sound amazing. Thank you. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> everyone knows that I'm a kick fan, and I, I love a, a thumping. That's great. They sounded amazing. Um, in our chat, in the UK, we have a thing called a meal deal, and it comes from a, it comes from certain shops, and you buy it as a lunch thing. Obviously, we're in a lunchtime space here. Uh, it's a sandwich, a drink, and a and a usually a crisp combo. I don't know if you've had them before. I don't know if you've been over here and had them before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. What would be your favourite thing from from a meal deal? Um, probably, well, I don't drink soft drinks. I don't drink soda anymore. So it'll have to be a pint, but that's not a meal deal, right? So water, sandwich, or fish and chips and some crisps. Nice. You know? Nice. Um, and then the second question was, uh, how do you, how, any tips for getting your drums more jacking? Ooh. Um, put some time into your drums, into your sample library, create your own samples a lot, program your drums, feel it out. Um, it's good that, you know, people have and they use the top loops, but if you do use that, change them. Um, for example, a tip is if you're taking a, a top loop, take two of them and combine them or switch them up, you know, cut one end and do use another end, like try to use it creatively so that it becomes unique and you're not just taking something and just repurposing it the same way whoever created that top loop, you know, and whatever sample pack you're using, they're just mm -hmm. using it. You know, that's like, you know, that's painting by numbers. It's like, number one, you know, blue. All right, clean blue. Why not <laughs> combine the blue with the white and just create a gray and just make the picture look different. Try not to follow what they're, what is happening. You know, try to break the rules. That's what it's amazing about art and music is just you have to try to chat. Like just break the rules, man. Just, you know, don't take the easy route out and just make something. Like if somebody takes a, a sample pack and there's a kick and then there's a snare and there's a loop and then they take a, a, a loop and a top and a hat and just there's nothing original about this. It's just putting, you know, stacking stuff on one, one another and going, oh, I made a track. No, I really didn't. You just you try. You try to try no, to you, utilize it, and no, you really try didn't. to try, try to really use it creatively, man. You have the time. Yeah. You know, it's not like how quick you can do something; it's how well you do. You know, that's cool. It's not that's the tool; it's the carpenter, right? So everyone has the same tools. It's how you use them that really makes a difference. Agreed. Uh, Libs is saying he loves your diffusers. He wants them. He wants them. Wants them. Wants them. All right. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get rid of them on on my Discord. And, and oh, you're in the Discord. Are you got. Are you, so have you? Oh, you've got a Discord. Cool. I I've got. I love Discord. Yeah, I, it's all being set up right now. I'm I'm literally diving into the Discord world, and I think it's fantastic. And I think it's a way for people. It's almost like um, going to the basement of the record shop. Yes. That nobody knows about. You know? Yes. And that's that's how I look at Discord. It's like the underground of the underground. The clandestine of it all. And I and I dig it. <laughs> I do. I think it's like I feel like it's like old school forums. And I used to love old school forums. And it's just like like that sort of vibe, but just now, like it's cool. Yeah. 
Have you, have you do, have you, so you, have you mentioned you had all the hardware before. Have you scaled that down? Are you now more laptop and? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I have scaled down quite a bit and I just keep the necessity, a great front end, which is my dangerous two bus plus. I, you know, I, I, you know, I definitely have my 1073 mic pre. I have a, a pretty, pretty amazing mic that I use an Apollo a, uh, X8 interface, um, SSL Fusion. What else? And that, yeah, and then I just got the new MacBook Pro that I'm not using right now, but I will use once Monterey is updated and works with everything. Uh, monitors, I have my Atoms, uh, S3HXs. I mean, it's, uh, it's really That's about cool. what you have now. It's your front end. So great audio interface, great mic to when you do do vocals. Great monitors because it's it's important what you're hearing, and a nice environment that you can actually hear in. So, and then everything is concentrated around the laptop. That's that's the that's the mothership right now. Do you um, do you have any go to plugins for your drum bus process drum bus processing? <coughs> um, yeah, um, my drum bus processing. Oh man. Um, Hold on, let me let me see if I open up. Yeah, I mean, uh, Isotope is cool. Waves is amazing. There's amazing plugins away for for drum busting. I mean, um, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say that stuff. Oh, the drum bus in Ableton. Sometimes I use on snares and it just really brings out the transients. I'll just throw it on there and just move the transient a little bit and it just really get brings my snares to life. You know, um, I try different things and if I find something I like, I tend to stick with it and use it. That's cool. I was listening to the record you put out on Brobot. We spoke a lot about culture, but we haven't really spoke about Brobot. Tell us about, obviously the, that label's been going a while. Where's the, what's the meaning behind the name? Like, cause it kind of, tell me about it. Brobot was like my, is my term of endearment for my brothers, for my friends. Like, you're my robot, my robot friend. Right, got you. You know, we're all, we're all in technology. We're all, you know, and, you know, it's just, it's just that term of endearment that I have for people that I, that are in, in our culture, my robot. And then uh, I wanted to do a label where I can release stuff from my peers and my friends and also younger artists that are just doing really cool things and not having a lot of red tape. You know, mm. just like, let's put it out, let's put it out. And then we've been consistent with just releasing records, whether they're a little bit, you know, they're soulful or they're techier, they're, they're tougher, they're a little bit more techno-leaning. Let's just put it out and let whoever gravitates to it, gravitate to it. When myself and Armand, when we were younger, like, we never looked at a techno record and said, oh, we can't play this in the house set. We did. We just <laughs> slowed it down. Like, we just had fun being diverse and making sure we... You know, think about artists like Little Lewis, um, who went from Club Loney to like, you know, he went blackout to Club Loney. Mm. That's a diversity, you know, mm. being able to do video clash and then also making, you know, Journey with the Lonely and, well, you know, or Cashmere going from brighter days to cameras ready for creative flash. Yes. You know, we are, we are, we've always looked at artists like that, that could span the spectrum of music and make things a little bit tougher or soulful and still keep the heart in it. We, that's what I like. And that's what we want to do with Robot is always put out records that 
at the core of it, no matter how it sounds or where it leans, there's there's a lot of heart in it. You mentioned Arman a lot. Do you have you rolled together for a long time? Like, did you grow up together? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we we're we've been friends. I met him. I was a, a teenager, and then we started Mongoloids together when we we're when we we're just kids. And Mongoloids was our, was our collective, our Wu Tang of house of house music per se, which started with myself, him, Sneak, Roger, Daft Punk, Basement Jacks, Ian Pooley, and we were all collective. And we all remixed each other and worked together and. You know, I remixed Revolution 909. We're, we were in a burning video and we all we all did something together. And then what happened is as we all got bigger, we all went our own routes. But we did at one point have a collective and it was called the Mongoloids, which is which was our thing. And we <laughs> somehow we all worked together. Like I did the vocals for Where's Your Head At? A lot of people don't know that. And I did a lot of vocals on Remedy. Um, yeah. So we we there, we did a lot together in that ethos of ethos of like, let's work together without boundaries and, and help each other because we love each other as brothers, you know? No way. Music. You did Where's Your Head At? That's no way. I played that record. I, I used to, I, I DJed a couple of times. I played that record at a nightclub called Turn Mills where I used to work in London. And I literally, it was a fancy dress Turn party. Mills. So I used to work there, yeah. And uh, I, we, it was all fancy dress. And I had this, fro like, literally a frog shower cap given to me because it was my birthday. And I played that record and everyone was started singing, where's your frog hat instead of where's your head at? And, <laughs> and it, I literally I literally turned the, the thing off and everyone was singing, where's your frog hat? And it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a funny time. And yeah, every time I think about that record, it reminds me of that thing. Yeah, Basement Jack's album, Remedy, there's another interlude that's like the rhythm. The jacks, the basement, the, the tracks, and the rhythm, the jacks, the basement, the, you know, the rhythm, the tracks, the basement, the jacks. And that's me. That's having fun. I went to the studio in Brixton and like just hanging out. Next, you know, like, yeah, just popping in and like say some shit. I don't know. It was just kind of like <laughs> there was no method to the madness. It was like, hey, just say something, dude. And and leaving there, not even thinking they're going to use it. And they did. And that's how it was. We just kind of help each other without having like any type of hey man i did that for you you owe me anything no it's just it's just sharing creativity no way that's cool your new discord server should be your extended mongoloids and just kind of like grow this newer like people that's in there that's just part becomes part of your new your, part of your clan yeah i mean we we're actually what's funny is uh i won't deep dive too much into it but dan system and i james we're doing you know we're doing a we're doing something together that is very um he he's definitely on that mongoloid tip and he he mm. he catches that ethos and he's really deep diving into what to that that feel mm. and um we're doing a project together that's very similar to that as well so it's cool you know i think i think sound comes back and, and things come back again and what's bet what's what's interesting about the past coming into influence today is it just sounds better because of technology yeah you know okay let's play uh uh, let's just go to the chat saying uh, you're one hell of a collective yeah that's, that's what I was thinking testing macaroon one, that is one hell of a collective holy crap um, wicked uh, but when you think about it right it's a collective now because it's like oh wow look at what these people have become but during that time we were just kids like anybody else hanging out admiring each other's music without any lineage yet yeah. so it is a collective but it's no different than imagine in the seventies when David Geffen did Asylum and you had Jackson Brown hanging out with, uh, you know, 
Joni Mitchell and all these people were hanging out together. Mm. They weren't who they were at the time. They were just creatives, not even understanding where they were going to go. Exactly. Gang, and in 10 years' time, this is our little collective, and we're going to smash it. Like, this is is. <laughs> this is. Right, I, I want to play the record off Brewbot. This is what we started talking about before we go. Um, Anzu, Lovebird. I was listening to this beforehand. Incredible. L oh, my yes. God. Gang, I want to play this record for you. I was listening to it before. The fact it's only had 200 plays on SoundCloud is a travesty. Like, I, I, I'm yeah. so into this record, man. Holy crap. Shout out to Anzu. Yeah, that record, we got a great response. Besides what SoundCloud is, is, is uh, you know, showing numbers-wise, we had a great response on that um, from the DJs and from the community, and people love the record. So thank you for picking our record, because it is a, we love the record. Right, let's play this record. Such a sick track. I told you, and everyone in the track, everyone in the chat's been loving it, man. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. So, you know, be on the lookout for more from Enzo, for sure. Cool. Okay, cool. That was a such a sick track. We've talked a lot about music. We've talked a lot about kind of records and releases and, and history and what, like, I'm always interested. What what are you into? What else are you into, like, as a person? Movies, Marvel? Oh, uh, man, film. Yeah, I, I love films across the board. I love, I'm a movie I want to say aficionado, but buff. I love movies. Mm -hmm. um, across the board, whether it be documentaries, Marvel, um, stuff that's a little bit more, you know, like Alejandro Jaworski, um, Holy Mountain, his original, you know, Dune that never came out, um, his El Topo, stuff like that. Um, across the board. I, I, last night, my wife, um, I know a lot, you know, about David Geffen, but she was watching a documentary on David Giffen and I just happened to watch it with her and just rehashed old memories. Like I love information and knowledge. Um, I love food. I have a lot oh. of friends that are amazing chefs. I like to cook. I'm going to call myself a chef, obviously, but I cook pretty, pretty well. And I love, you know, food to me is like music. It's like creating stuff out of nothing. Yeah. And if you do it right, it's amazing. And if you, you fuck it up, it's just, like a record and just, just bad. <laughs> there's, there's only food is like music. There's only two ways to go. It's just good or bad. That's it. Like there is no in between. You're like, ah, yeah, you have records that are just like, ah, oh, it's not that good, but it's not bad. It's edible. Yeah. Or music is palatable, but is it good or is it bad? Yeah. How have you ever made something you thought was going to be absolutely banging then, let's say, and you've gone, actually, no, this is horrible. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I got a vault of stuff that I'm not that I'm, I'm not sure about and just sitting there. I mean, there's probably some remixes that I'm not too proud of, you know, cool. that I'm like, oh. Um, I usually don't remix things if not if I'm not really into it. But uh, yeah, I've done things that I'm just when you look in hindsight, you're like, ooh, it's all kind of like, ah, maybe I shouldn't use that sound. Or, you know, maybe I fell into the sound trap at that moment of like, oh, this sound is hot. Let me use this synth. And it doesn't it doesn't age well. It doesn't date well. Hmm. Happens for sure. Listen, I'm definitely not perfect. I never said that. I fuck up a lot. But what? that's how you learn. Yes. Be better. What's yeah. your favorite thing to cook? Surround sound asks in the chat. Ooh. Um, I don't know. You know what I lo- love to do? I mean, I cook a lot of different things. Italian pasta. Just now. I mean, everybody can boil water and do pasta, but cooking a good pasta, you got to do well. But um, I love making French omelets. Like, it's something I love to do because it's a, it's a skill. Once you figure it out and you take some time and, you What's know. What's a French omelette? Wow. So you there's a way of cooking the omelet where you have to keep stirring it. And then you wait and then let it kind of cook a little bit in the bottom, stir it again. You're kind of almost making like a French style omelet, like as far as scrambled wise. Mm. And then you let it, it's moist and you put like a little creme fraiche or some sort of French cheese in it. And then you fold it very gently over. So the outside is solid and the inside is still very, not wet, but creamy. And then, you know, there's a lot of butter involved. Yeah. And then... It's it's really really freaking good. Little chives on top, little dash of salt, you know. Nice. A little bit more butter. Yeah. No people. It's, uh, it, <laughs> it's lots of butter. <laughs> it's it takes it takes uh it takes some time to learn because you can over you can't overcook it. Yeah. You know, and you got to make sure that you don't burn the bottom because you have to fold it. It has to. You gotta you gotta gently. Um, tip the pan and then fold it over itself and it becomes you know take a look at what a french omelet looks like and when you cut it and you open it it kind of really the texture who's chef ludo in la he has a a place called petit trois that i love to go to one of the best i mean i've had amazing french omelets in france but i'm not there every day so whenever i'm at la i stop by petit trois and have their french omelet Someone says I'd watch a what did they say? I'd watch I'd watch a JS cooking show. <laughs> the way the way things are going in music, I'm gonna have to have a cooking show just to stay relevant. <laughs> well, well, it's it's like a it's gonna be like this two part thing. It'll be like cooking and and you've got to make a track within with, with only 16 seconds of sound and and like like it's a yeah. it's a whole production that's turning into just that one stream. It's incredible. Pretty much. And I got to do it all myself. No production, no, no crew. I got to film it, hold the camera, cook the eggs, make the track, use my teeth. <laughs> no help. Yeah. That's like a laugh. Yeah. Right. What time? Right. Let's play one more record and then we'll let you. I'm going to let you go because it's obviously you've got a busy day. Uh, do you want to pick a record? To, I- yeah, I think today being a, a jack of all trades, master of none is the only way to success, right? Everyone's like, I can do this. I can do that. I can do that. Like, it's like everyone does everything. You know? yeah. and, um, and then next thing you know, you got, you're, you're Insta famous or, you know, you're an influencer. But I always say this, right? Who influences the influencer? Yes. That's all. That's all. I'll leave it out there. I think I've influenced a lot of influencers that people know. 
I think you probably That's have. I think you probably a little have. bit. Maybe there's there's much. <laughs> 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 to finish, I'm going to play this record called Shotgun. Uh, you've done this with Shermanology. Talk to me about this record because I I love them. They've had a big year. They're killing it new new school. Uh, and I feel like this is a good pairing for you and them. This is like like. Yeah. Old Are you playing the club mix? Like I'll, I'll play whichever. Like the I've got the classic club mix or the club mix. The club mix. So the classic club mix. There's different versions. Like what I wanted to do with this record. So little information. I did this record before the pandemic, way before, like maybe two years, and I yep. had kept it in my vaults. Yeah. Because when we did it, Shermanology actually was just on an interview saying I was one of the first people in house music to really embrace them coming in back into house music because they come from an EDM background. So, right. um, I didn't realize that. So, yeah, they worked with like Afro, a lot of those EDM guys. And um, when we initially, I reached out to them to do the record. I actually saw them in ADE and then connected. And then I love their dynamic of brother and sister and how they work. And they're they're, they're great. Hmm. So we started working on this record. Had an original version. Sat there for a while. Fermented pandemic happened. And then I said, you know something? Let's finish it and deep dive into it. And what I wanted to do is do like those old David Morales or those old mixes where they had a version, like a classic version, where they mean it was more piano or more club version, a dub version. It was just dubby. Because when Masters of Work would remix stuff or create stuff, you had the vocals, then you had the dubs. A lot of the DJs played the dubs because it was more, mm-hmm. more friendly in the clubs. And some people just loved the full vocal. And that's what I wanted to do is like give that 12-inch single vibe where you had a choice of where which route you wanted to take. Instead of having one version and just that's it. So the classic club version is a little bit more piano, has that feel of, of a classic vibe. And then the new the club version is like more of a modern take on that vocal. So I would play that club version because it has a little bit of both. Um so that's that's a little story. That's so sick. <laughs> Man, I love this label. Like, like I love every like these little things about these each of these tracks is so cool. Right, let's play this record. Uh, I'll play the club version. Let's go for this. go that's so cool a little fly life action there that sounded it was, that's yeah cool. yeah it was definitely inspired i mean no yeah yeah no hiding it. it was definitely inspired by fly life you know that record. why not yeah why not <laughs> yeah exactly why not a little a lot of people don't know this little fun fact that the voice when it goes fly life fly life that's roger on that vocal roger sanchez so yeah he left a message to Basement Jack, she's like, yo, what's up, Basement Jack? I live in that fly life. And that was a message that he left on their voicemail. And they just took that and created fly life. Or the vocal for it. That's ridiculously cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Wicked. Uh, I, I feel like I could sit here all afternoon with you. I'm like, full is- of useless information. So anytime you need that, call me up. 
Tell, tell, tell us, tell us one more. Go that, for one more, one more. Go that, on, watch that, that, watch that's it. another show. It's use the useless information, which is just like information of culture, but it's useless for a lot of people, but not for me. Tell, tell, tell. What? Let's have one more. Go on. Tell us what. Tell us one more story. Go on. Go for it. Pick one. I can tell you this. I can tell you that flowers or Marvin Helden's flowers was mm -hmm. written, written and sung by Roland Clark. And he think, I think he wrote that song in literally probably less than a half an hour. And <sighs> Roland Clark lived, Roland Clark lived right above Armand at the time in, 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 uh, in this building in New York. Yeah. So Armand had just did the record and he sampled, I don't know if you know the sample, but he sampled a particular loop. Um, I won't say it because I don't know if he cleared it and well, let's, not, let's, not, let's not go there. But <laughs> Roland had heard it and came down and I was like, oh, here, check this out. You want to write to this? And Roland was like, sure. He went upstairs, did it, came back down in like 20 minutes and he got flowers. No that's, that's way. Pretty, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. That's a big one. Big. That's a big one. Wow. Yeah. I can literally get that and right. if, if Rowling wasn't upstairs and he didn't kind of hear that going through the walls and came down and said, what's up? We wouldn't have followed, which was pretty interesting. That's incredible. Man, gang, you need to start just living next to each other. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what's coming up for you? What's what's next for you? What's What have you got coming around the corner? Um, more records. More singles. Um, wow. I just released a new single called Freedom on um, uh, with, uh, with Charlie Vox, featuring Charlie Vox. It's it's out now. If you Shit, let's play it. it. Yeah, it's yeah, it's Shit, awesome that's... record. Yeah. I'm going to find it. Can tell us about it? I'll, I'm going to go and try and find it. Um, it's a record that I made during the pandemic. Uh, Curtis Richardson wrote it with Charlie Vox. It's awesome. Great, great writers, great vocalists, um, and it's. A, I think it's a pretty dope, dope record. It kind of feels. It gives me the sense. I don't know. You got to hear it. You tell me. You tell me what you think. I, I can't be my own critic. You got to. You got to okay. tell me. How about this? Let's take a poll on this. On this right now. Yeah or nay? Do people dig it or they don't? We, we can do that. We can actually do that. Right. Grady Ma, set the poll up, yay or nay, on this, on this track. I found it. It's on, in, it's on in Undisputed Music. Undisputed, which is a new label, which is, they've been uh, um, a that? champion. They're, they're out of the UK. I believe they're through Warners and they're kick-ass right. individuals and they've been super supportive of everything. This is my second release on their label. So their first release was a Todd Edwards tune called The Chant. That was on Undisputed. Yes. And I premiered, oh, uh, yeah, because I've got Cryptogram on there and I premiered the Cryptogram record. That's right. Cool. Yes. Sick. Okay, I'm going to play this record. Let's, let's, and then we'll have, a, we'll have a poll in the chat. Let's do it. Cool. Let's do it.
go. Uh, so the poll was yay, yay or nay or yay but louder, and ninety eight percent went for yay but louder. Oh, all right. <laughs> we needed to turn it up. <laughs> yeah, we need more. Um, Lamore Disco said, uh, "Is that baseline replayed?" Yeah, it was all it was all played. Yeah, replayed. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that was really sick. Horns, everything. Yeah, the horn was a sample, just played sample. You know, everything was was played. Yeah, nice. Baseline. Yeah. Nice. And Char where, Charlie, Charlie, Charlie Vox, tell me about her. Charlie about her. Him. I, 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 I was introduced to her via one of the writers of the, of the song. His name is Curtis, Curtis Richardson, and he, he, you know, I tend to create stuff and and bounce it off him. He's like, oh, I got a great vocalist. Let's let's try this, or he'll send me some ideas and. We, we've been working really great together like that. And um, uh, yeah, and he brought Charlie to my attention and she's phenomenal. And I continue, to, I would love to continue to work with her. Sick. Yeah. So that's out Jeez. now. Uh, someone's, people have been grabbing it while we've been, while we've been playing as well. So we've, that's, that's lovely. Oh, it's awesome. Thank you, everybody. I appreciate that. I mean, this is great. This is, this is a great forum to, to share and, and spread music. You need it. You need thank you, Graham, for doing stuff like this because it does expose more new music and artists to people because we can't just rely on one platform, you know. And so, thank you for creating this to to keep you know spreading the word. It's really cool, man. Thank you, thank you, Wicked Man. Thank you for joining me this afternoon, this morning for you. It's been so much fun. Like literally, I could sit here all afternoon and talk to you. And we can play music all afternoon, but I, I appreciate your time. Um, and I hopefully we can have you back soon. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, let's do a part two soon, like Kanye. On Drink Champs. We'll do a part two. But next time we'll do shot for shot. We'll just, you know, it's early for me, but why not? And then we'll just deep dive into stories and we'll get a little bit, you know, we'll get wasted. You have a pint and I'll have some a gin and tonic. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. I'm drinking. But, but we'll do a show called we'll, we'll do a show called the pint. See how many pints we can go through in like two hours. Oh my good God. I definitely want to do this. I don't really want to make the track in 16 seconds. That's going to be quite fun as well. Yeah. Wicked. All right. Or the drink, so drink the pine. Drinking the pine in 16 seconds. Yes. <laughs> yes. There you go. I'm up for that. Let's do it. All right, brother. Thank you. See you soon, man. Thank you. See you, see you soon. Bye, man. I'll see you in Miami. Peace. <laughs>